Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. This is CBD-infused coffee that not only tastes incredible, but it can relieve everyday aches, pains, anxiety, migraines, and so much more. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2018 at checkout and you will get it shipped straight to your door. Now enjoy the show, guys. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Going to work, crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. McKinnon. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Podcast on a chilly Thursday here, Mile High City. The Avalanche in the middle of a five-game transcontinental Canadian road trip coming up on a Saturday night game with the Montreal Canadiens, Le Bleu, Blanc et Rouge. Avalanche started out with trip games in Winnipeg, Calgary. But I'm going to do off awesome a little beaten path today. We're not going to hash over the whole road trip. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to welcome in a special guest today. Uh, now, people who follow me will know this guy. He is a a partner of mine on a a podcast that we uh, still have. It's still it's a little bit less in rotation than it used to be, but it's still a, an ongoing concern. It's the uh, Lonely End of the Rink podcast, where my partner, who was the co-founder of that podcast, along with yours truly, uh, we still do it. We we talk over the NHL mostly, but we also talk a little Turtle Jam, a little Kiss, a little things, all things Buffalo. My guest is Steve Bennett, a Buffalo resident, I believe a native, who uh, loves the Sabres. Loves the New Orleans Saints for reasons we'll get into. Had a brother who played on the Yale Bulldogs NCAA Championship College hockey team a few years ago. And he runs uh, a podcast that for seven, eight years now has become a regularly noted uh, best of every year podcast list. Guys like Richard Dice from Sports Illustrated, that later The Athletic. I put his podcast as the best, uh, most, you know, best podcast in sports that you can listen to. And I can hardly second that. Steve Bennett from the Sportscasters podcast, Lonely Into the Rink, my friend and partner. Steve, welcome to the BSN Avalanche podcast. Uh, we won the trade, right, Ryan O'Reilly? <laughs> Did anyone win that trade? I guess at least you still have players from it, right? <laughs> Yeah, I would. I would say. Yeah, seriously, what do we think right now on the trade? Uh, let's start off there. All right. First, Steve, welcome. You're uh, 
good to, good to come on uh, my podcast. Yes, thank you for having for, me. Uh, for the first time ever. It's exciting. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, yeah, don't slow your roll a little bit there. Roll but, reversal. Uh, yeah, roll reversal. You, you're usually the show driver. You're the professional broadcaster. I'm kind of the uh, acolyte who hangs around and tries to not say anything and get me fired. <laughs> uh, you tell us about so real quick your your sportscasters podcast and how that's grown and, and uh, um, how it was once again named on the Richard Dykes' best of list for well, this last uh, year's podcast. Well, uh, the background is is I have Crohn's disease, and uh, in 2011, I knew that I was going to have to be on a hiatus from my career at the time. I was a uh, kind of a the mix between a social worker and a teacher in the Buffalo public schools. But I knew I was going to have to take at least all of 2011 off. And um, I wanted something to do uh, that could keep myself busy, but I wouldn't have to leave the house. And also I could do it on my own pace. And uh, I'd gotten a book for Christmas called Death to the BCS, which was a book written by Jeff Passan and Dan Wetzel from Yahoo. And there was a third guy. Two, I can't remember, but he's not as famous as Passing and Wetzel. And I got in that for Christmas, and I just kind of thought of the idea, like, well, maybe I'll reach out to these guys and see if one of them would do an interview with me, and then I could have a podcast. And uh, then I kind of thought about it more and thought, well, maybe the idea of the podcast will, will be that I'll interview people who are sportscasters or sports writers or whatever. So I called it the Sportscasters. I got Jeff Passing to somehow agree to basically appear on a show that didn't exist. And it's launched the day after the uh, it was Auburn versus Oregon, the Cam Newton national championship game in the BCS, and uh, just kind of grew from there. 2014, it was named by Sports Illustrated as one of the best sports podcasts of the year, and then again this year, Richard Deitch had it on his notable podcast list on the Athletic. I had a partner for a while, but now I do it on my own, and it's also kind of branched off from just being about sports casters to really just being about whatever I'm interested in. Uh, it's got a really successful mm. book club um, where I solicit a book from an author in exchange for an interview and some promotion, and I will literally consider any book. Uh, we've done <laughs> books on John F. Kennedy. Uh, we had Artie Lang's book, and Artie Lang came on. We've had books by... Traditional sports authors like Jeff Perlman and Jane Levy, who are both good friends of the show. We've done television books like Alan Seppenwall was on to talk about his book called TV the Book. Uh, Frank DeFord, a legend, luckily was able to come on before he passed away, which is an honor of the show. I'm just kind of looking at my bookshelf. So the book club is a really good way to drive yeah. to drive guests because people will come on that would never come on otherwise because they want to sell their book. Like John Feinstein was on in December, and I doubt he's ever coming on if he didn't have a book to promote, you know? So, but I will talk I about anything. Like I had, I had Eddie Trunk on the season nine debut, uh, just to talk music because I just felt I like listened it. last night. Yeah, I just felt like talking yep, about music. I listened you know? last night. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think that keeps I mean, it fun. Um, I uh, it's a very you know eclectic podcast that's got really big time guests on it. Like you're just a, you know let's face it, you're a guy who was just kind of out there as a, you know just a guy from Buffalo who decided to start a podcast and. Hey, why not call up Joe Buck? <laughs> yeah. Come on, podcast. You've had Joe Buck on about what 
five, six, seven, eight times. Joe Buck is um, almost, I mean, Jenkins. sort of a friend. I mean, we, Joe Buck and I text. Yeah, yeah we text. Because, like, he's a big Pearl Jam guy. Wow, I'm a big really? Pearl Jam guy. So, like, if I'm at a Pearl Jam show, I'll send him a video. He'll write back. How's Paula? I'll write back. How are the Twins? You know, if he's doing a Saints game, I'll text him. Anything going on at the stadium, he'll write back. Like, I doubt he's going to have me on for dinner or over for dinner anytime soon. But, like, you know, like, we chat on text and stuff. And if I need him, he'll come on. And I try not to abuse See, that. So I know. And and he's great. And you, you have a way of making them feel at ease, the guests, uh, with, with good, solid research and good questions. Good conversation. It's not a – I wouldn't call what you do like an interview podcast. It's more like a conversation, which I like as a listener. Yeah, uh, especially when I, I get someone over and over. Hear. Sorry about that. Like when I get like a Perlman, for yeah. example, like we, he's been on, you know, 12 times probably. We know each other so yeah. well that we just, it's almost like just recording a phone call we have. At least that's what I go for. You know, exactly. it's like, you know, if I'm going to shoot the shit with Jeff Perlman for an hour tonight, let me record it and see if people will listen to that. And, you know, it's been relatively successful, yeah. but it's for fun mostly. You know, it's a great, it's a great hobby. Like I said, it keeps my mind off my Crohn's disease, keeps me busy when I'm at the house. And, um, you know, uh, people who listen to yeah. it, love it. And, uh, people who are in the business, that's, that's the one thing. I think it's kind of like one of these TV shows, uh, that sort of flies under the radar, but the critics love it. It's kind of like that. It's not the number one yeah, show, well, you know, it's not the number one show in the ratings, but people who are critical of these things say it's pretty good. So that kind of keeps me, keeps me motivated. And, you know, again, there's no. Yeah. There's no, no real – there's no outcome that needs <laughs> to be achieved. It's really just make one every well, week or every other week and put it out, and then that's that. I, I know you're still considered a hobby, and, and uh, you know, that means, you know, the money hasn't flowed in. But I keep thinking, like, all these big-timers you keep interviewing, you know, the, the people in the business. I mean, in my opinion, a place like Sports Illustrated – should hire you as a podcast guy. I've told them I mean, that. I've told them that. That's I've, what they miss. That's what that. I don't think they they don't have a good podcast right now. Um, they have one good tell one. The athletic. Sports Illustrated right. has one good one. It's the sports I mean, media not podcast. The big, not Jimmy the big sports SI and all the media side, but right. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. There's a place out there that I think should hire you as a, and with all these big names you keep you keep having on, maybe your luck is going to come on one of these days about hey. And you, we'll buy your podcast and put it on our site. You know, that's I'm sure that's probably a goal of yours. Well, I've gotten, even though you might, I've gotten close a couple times. Well. I've gotten close a couple times, actually. Really? Yeah. The first year, really? uh, the tell, tell me more. Okay, the first year, the score um, from from Canada, they had a Sirius XM channel, and the guy who hmm. was running the channel reached out to me and said, "Would you want to do this podcast on the score Sirius XM channel?" And I said, yes. And we got all the way to agreeing on terms and all that. And then they found Dude. out that the channel was canceled by Sirius. So, oh, God. Th- yeah, so there was no channel to go to anymore. And then oh, in, t- in 2013, for one year, I did sign a contract with a website called Football Nation to do a football exclusive show, which was – Basically, a football version of the sportscasters with one guest a week. And I did that for them all the way up to January 27th, 2013. And then on January 28th, 2013, I went to the hospital and didn't get out until March 14th, 2013. 
Uh, so I kind of missed the end of the playoffs and the Super Bowl. And they were like, look, it, we totally understand. Why don't you renew and do a second season? And I said, I just don't feel comfortable promising you anything right now. Because I just had, you know, 17 inches of my colon taken out. And then since then, that website, they sold. Their their whole goal, he told me all along, was to try to get bought. And they did get bought. So then that went away. And then um, yeah. I thought when John Wertheim became executive editor of SI, and they, his number one thing was he wanted to start a podcast network and i thought at the very least that my show would be a part of that and again we got into discussions and then they decided that it was just too close to the podcast that richard deitch was going to do and that john uh, jimmy trainer now does uh so that kind of fell off but you know like i said i've been close a few times but yeah well yeah i mean i didn't realize that you were so close the closest was the score the thing with the score obviously yeah i mean you had firm degree d yeah, we had um, agreed to um, uh, all the provisions. Everything was worked yeah. out, and then <laughs> canceled. Was it pretty decent money? Like you could have done that as your full time job. Uh, probably not. It? Probably not the first year, but the the second year, yeah. the second year would have been yes, yeah, for sure. Jeez, uh, well, just a, keep doing it then. Uh, you know, Beatles didn't get signed right away. I mean, they acted by eight. Eight companies, so eight record companies. So uh, you know, that's always my line. Uh, that's that's encouraging, though. I mean, I think that's you know, you getting close. One of these times, all you need to be is you know, as they say, right once. You know, uh, and we have actually so, gotten breaks. I that's mean, good. we uh, so Duff McKagan was on my podcast. You know, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. Oh yeah, yeah, Guns N' Roses. So I was just reading, <laughs> I was reading ESPN dot com one day. And there's like sports business column by Duff McKagan. I'm like, holy shit, that's kind of cool. So I read it. I'm like, I'm going to email my contact at ESPN and see if Duff McKagan would be on. So I email him and they write back and they're like, he'll come on on Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Like, All right, great. Yep. So Tuesday at 7.30 Eastern, the Hall of Fame announces that Guns N' Roses is inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I had no idea that was happening that day. And But because of the timing of it, I literally had the first interview with anyone from Guns N' Roses um, after the announcement they were in the Hall of Fame. And at that time, they, wow. weren't with, they weren't with Axel. So I was the first person to ask someone from Guns N' Roses, you know, will Axel be there? Will he play with you? And, I mean, he had no idea really at the time. But I got someone from the band on the record. And I have a good friend who's a huge Guns N' Roses fan. And he helped me get that in front of the right Guns N' Roses people on the Internet. And still to this day, that episode has almost more downloads than all of my episodes combined because it has well into the six wow. figures, well into the six figures wow. in downloads. Um, oh. And then, God. so that was I a big, I... that was a big break. And then, obviously, the stuff with, yeah. uh, with um, in 2013, uh, when my brother's hockey team won the national championship, um, I had just been coming out yeah, of that. Say his name. Say his name. Say his name again for uh, the for his, the audience. His Your name, brother is yeah. His name's and Anthony. What, and, Anthony Day, and he was uh, a member of the uh, 20. He he played, so he played locally in Buffalo growing up, played um, at St. Francis Prep uh, High School. Then he went to the USHL for two years at the Sioux Falls Stampede and committed to Yale, played four years at Yale. They won the national championship when he was a sophomore. And that was also the year that I was in the hospital for that long time. And during that season, there was this kind of moment in the season where their goalie was injured and they lost five games in a row. 
And my brother called me when I was in the hospital. And he's like, you know, I don't want to be here. You know, this is going so bad. I can't believe I'm not there with you. You're so sick. You know, are you going to be okay? Mm. And I just said, listen, I'm going to be fine. You just stick with it. You guys are going to be fine. And the Frozen Four is in Pittsburgh this year, and we'll both be there. You'll be playing. I'll be watching. Trust me. And they got to that point, obviously. They made it. They, they were the last team in to the field. Um, on the, and they needed yeah. they needed uh, Notre Dame to beat Michigan um, on the very last game, college hockey game played that year before the tournament. And they did that, got in, and um, beat Minnesota, the, you know, one of the number one seeds, and then beat North Dakota in the regionals. And so we get to the Frozen yep. Four, and they, they win it. Um, and uh, so it's the end of the night after the celebration. I kind of got to go back. I'm kind of gassed. And me and my brother and my other brother, we kind of just went off to the side to kind of say goodbye to each other. And one of my uncles took a picture. And then a couple weeks later, I was looking through pictures from the week or from that weekend. And I saw this picture. And I was like, you know, at this moment, that could be maybe my best moment of my life. And I have a picture of it. And I kind of sent a, tweet, a yep. tweet to that effect out. And Richard Deitch from Sports Illustrated, who had been on the podcast recently, saw the tweet on Twitter and sent the same tweet out, like the same words, kind of asking if anyone else had one and included me on it. And for the next like five or seven days, it was kind of like an internet sensation. And um, I got, there's an article from CNN.com, we're on the CBS Nightly News, you know, it's got a lot of coverage locally, WGR 55 in Buffalo had me on, I was in the Buffalo News, um... Yeah. E Entertainment News. I was, we were, yeah. So we kind of had a moment there. So like, we've had some luck. We've had some good opportunities. Um, I, and I've had a lot of fun. I've met great people. I've met yeah. people like Adrian Dater, who I consider a friend, even though <laughs> even though he tried to kill me in October. We can tell that story if you want. <laughs> where the Dater yeah. jinx almost killed yeah. me. Um, you know, the I, Dater jinx, yeah. Yeah, right, well, mm. we're here, so we should tell the story. So Adrian and I, we've become friends. Um, we've really, behind the scenes... I think I've been I've been there for him. I think at some times where he was unsure about where he stood oh, yeah. in his career, and I kind of, you know, I've always tried to kind of help you and say like, look, it, you're the Don't best. Don't forward. Do yeah, you, I, mean, do I specifically remember being. I still I specifically remember being kind of a low moment for me. I was in Vermont in the house that I partially grew up in, but my my father and. Uh, his longtime girlfriend, he's never gotten married or he's been, you know, married twice, I guess, but twice, you don't go down for the time, but he's been together with her for like 30 years. Anyway, they were gone. Um, surprise. I was kind of going to surprise them and then, uh, they're not there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of in this big lonely house by myself. I'm kind of at a crossroads in my career. I don't know what's going on. Uh, and I remember having a, you know, a phone call with you where it's like, you kind of helped me get off the ledge a little bit. So I'll always be grateful for that. And, yes. We've you know, gotten a lot better. Yeah, we've gotten a lot better for me since, but you know, it was, it was a touchy moment there where I was like, you know, you're you felt like the only person I could talk to in the world at that moment. I'm sitting there in this big, lonely Vermont house in the middle of the country with like, I couldn't even see getting into the house. It was, it was a, there was no key. I had to squeeze my way through a, a window to get in. Uh, I couldn't get a hold of the father. Anyway, yeah, it's like, how, how did my life turn out like this? Right. Locked, locked out of my <laughs> so, parents' house. Nowhere to go. But anyway, we did. Yeah, I'm like, 
we developed this you friendship know. pretty cool. Yeah. Ups did, and downs, ups and downs. Yeah, we did this po- We do this podcast together called The Lonely End of the Rink, which you mentioned, which we just do it when we feel like it, no pressure. When we feel like it, we put yeah. one up. You can follow us on Twitter at Lonely Rink Pod. Uh, we always tweet about when we're going to do one, or our regular accounts uh, at a dater or at we sports have some great shows. We have some great shows. Yeah, people love I mean, listening we, to we us had, argue. We had the biggest heavy-hitting guests in hockey you could possibly have. I mean, Scotty Bowman, Bob McKenzie, you know. Yeah, um, McKenzie was on our and first on. one. We've done a list. So. But we kind of yeah. found that people like it's listening hard. to us more than the guests. Kind of people almost like just kind of listen to us talk about shit. Yeah. But, um, I just don't think I'm very good on podcasts, so I don't. I think I'm not just conducive to but big anyway, numbers ever in the games. We do it when we feel anyway. like it. We'll do more. Yeah, we come on each other. So anyway, I was going to come visit you. Yeah, you're going to come to Buffalo. Come visit you in October in Buffalo. My first time I ever see you. Uh, I'm on the trip to the Adams Buffalo game. We're going to meet, and uh, I'm texting you and everything. And boom, you got. You got another attack of Crohn's. And, yeah, uh, I had a blockage. Get to see <laughs> I had a the, blockage. The Dater Jinx. The drunk. Dater Jinx blockage. Yeah, you had a blockage. I was in the hospital uh, for nine days. Traumatized my little I've daughter. Had, I've had colitis, uh, which is Crohn's Yeah, it's her cousin. cousin. Yep. So I've had that. I had an attack of that last uh, spring in, in the playoffs, actually. Um, you know, and... Uh, I had a really, really bad thing in, in the early '90s, and it kind of, and I've had basically two attacks since, basically ten years apart. Um, so I've been lucky, lucky on this. Uh, you have so far, but uh, you know they keep making advances about it. I don't want to talk about Crohn's and colitis this whole podcast, no, no, but no. Uh, seems like they're got, they got some uh, they got some promising stuff always on the horizon for it. Well, the good uh, news is, is that but, uh, uh, since then I've been better, so I can say that. That's good. Well, yeah. Steve, you uh, before we take the first break, you, you take a long, pretty good segment on talk about who you are. But uh, um, is it fair to say your hockey is your favorite sport, though? Yes, um, hockey's my we favorite. Get into hockey talk. Yeah, hockey's my favorite sport by far. I mean, like when I was okay. three years old, all I cared about was hockey and wrestling. Like I didn't watch cartoons as a kid. Okay. You know, I loved hockey and I loved wrestling. I And, you know, hockey helped me learn to read because someone told me this newspaper that came into our house every day had shit about the Sabres in it. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to read that. You know, so I figured out how to read uh, the news. Jim Kelly, uh, the great, late, great yep. Jim Kelly. That's basically how I learned late, to read. Late, great Jim Kelly. Yeah, reading his stuff. Oh, man. Legend. I, really I, know, miss him I know a big part of your do. career, too. Um but yeah, yes. I mean, I was basically Jim Kelly's replacement at SI.com. Uh, that was, you know, big, big shoes to fill. Uh, and they, uh, you know, they don't really cover hockey online anymore, which is too bad. Yeah, well, but, hockey's but, uh, my favorite sport. Two. It's the only one I played competitively and was any good at. I was second team All-City in Buffalo as a senior. Not as good as my brother, obviously. Oh. Um, but I was a pretty good player growing up. You are second team All-City? Yeah, second team All-City as a senior. And, um, you know, so I was a decent player, too short and uh, all that. But, um, you know, good enough to be a really good high school player. And then uh, the the one thing I would say, though, is the Saints are probably my favorite team. Um, the Saints yeah, you're are, a huge Saints fan yeah. because of why against? Okay, because I loved hockey so much. So here's the story why I hated the Bills. And that, that, that led to my Saints love. So I loved hockey so much that I couldn't understand why. One Sunday, my parents 
wouldn't come into my room to listen to a Sabres-Minnesota North Stars preseason game on the radio, radio coverage only, because they wanted to stay in the living room and watch a Bills and Dolphins game, regular season. I was so pissed off. I said, I hate the Bills. I hate football. I'm going to my room, and I'm listening to this unbelievably irrelevant Minnesota North Stars, Buffalo Sabres radio-only preseason game with B-squads, I think. I, I didn't even I, like they're saying the names of some of these guys, and I'm like, "This is is this the right game?" I'm th- I just remember thinking, "Like what the hell?" And uh, so then, what happens is finally a couple years later, my dad talks me into watching a football game, and it's actually the playoffs. And my dad sits me down and is like, "Oh, this game! It's the Saints versus the Vikings, and the Saints. This is the first time they've ever been in the playoffs. They've been in the league since 1967. Their fans wore bags on their head." And I'm like, bags on their heads. He's like, yeah, you know, they're so bad, but this is the first time they're good. But there was a strike this year, and the player, the strike players lost a game, so they didn't get the bye. You know, he's going through this, all this thing about it. And I'm like, okay. And I'm watching, and, and they got these amazing uniforms, and the Superdome looks amazing. And they get out to a 10 nothing lead, and the Superdome's going nuts. And I'm just like, this is awesome. I, I am in. And I, from that point forward, watched them lose 48 to 10 in like the slowest, saddest death ever that day against the Vikings. Anthony Carter ripped them to shreds. And uh, I just remember thinking, this is this is my team. These are my guys. I can't believe this happened to them. These poor people wore bags. It was 10 to nothing. And they lost 48 to 10. I couldn't believe it. And I've been a diehard Saints fan ever since. I actually haven't missed a game since 1996. I've seen everyone. Yeah, I know. You're really a big, big Saints fan. Uh, so I'm very nervous. Uh, very nervous about Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you're, you you got to be a little nervous about Sunday. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you got a great TV. Uh, well, I'm just as big a Patriots fan, really. Uh, probably not as passionate anymore as I used to be. But, you know, I'm, I've got a spot reserved for Sunday's game. And, uh, um, you know, I'm going to be back in New England when it happens. So it'll be fun. Um, not at the game, but I'll yeah, we play back to back. Avalanche road trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, we're going to take a let's take a break here on the first. Sure. Uh, we we we, uh, we we had a good get to know Steve uh, segment. Well, let's get into some real hockey talk here in the next segment. Talk about you know we're talking about our two teams. You're a huge Sabres fan. I'm probably out there. But you're also really really big college hockey. Yeah. Like you're one of the biggest college hockey experts in the world so i want to we're going to pump you for what you know about a couple of top avalanche prospects that you've seen and uh we'll talk more about uh you know our teams and whatnot in the nhl so uh take a first break here folks uh this is the bsn avalanche podcast stay tuned uh check out our sponsors here they're coming at you we'll see you on the flip side There's nothing more important than family, and for more than 100 years now, customers have turned to Farmers New World Life Insurance Company and agents like Bryce Babcock to help protect the financial security of their loved ones. What makes us different, first off, is we're we're completely customer service oriented, meaning that our goal is every day to be available. The other piece, too, is that I'm young. I'm 31 years old, and so I'm I'm hungry, and I'm very motivated every single day to continue to make this agency grow, and and that's just something that, you know, I I think that I bring that 
not a lot of other agents do. My initial thought was it's expensive and I just don't have money to invest in my long-term future. Everything I have, I need right now. But once I started looking at the options, it's an absolute no-brainer. You can find a life insurance plan that works for you and you should. It's not just about death either. There's whole life insurance policies that actually have cash value that build over time and so on. So Bryce will break all of that down for you for free. The call is a no-brainer. You have to do it. Brandon's 100% right. Plus, Bryce is even giving out a deal specifically for BSN listeners. I'm going to go ahead and send out a $10 Starbucks gift card right, right off the bat. And so you don't have to do business with us. You don't have to. There's no payment needed or anything like that. It's something that we're going to do for anyone that comes in from BSN. Gives us an opportunity to earn their business. Call 303-996-6509 today. That's 303-996-6509. Hey guys, before we get into the next segment, I want to tell you about a really awesome deal. Another really awesome deal for BSN listeners. Look, you already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado, but now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off of your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase Download the Total Beverage app today. Welcome back. Segment number two, the BSN Analyze Podcast, Thursday night edition. I'm your host, Adrian Dater. Got a special guest today, Steve Bennett. You can find him on Twitter at sports underscore casters. You got it. You got that right, Steve? Yep, you got it. Sports underscore casters. I I still think you need to get rid of that underscore. Yeah, someone has sports casters. They don't use it though, and they won't. Right. They won't give it to well, me. Jerks. Yeah. Well, those jerks. Um, yep. You can find him there. You can find his work on the Sportscasters podcast. Also, occasional Lonely in the Ring pod. Steve, you're a uh, you're a hockey lover. You're, you're obsessed by the game as much as anybody I've known. So, uh, this is an Avalanche podcast, though, and I know our listeners want to know what you think about a couple of Avalanche prospects. Now, I'll set this up. By saying you really are a college hockey expert, you watch a lot of hockey, college hockey. Your brother won a dang NCAA tournament title for, for God's sake for Yale, which I don't think will ever happen again. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that, should I? Uh, going to be tough. I mean, did, did we ever think an Ivy League school was going to win an Ivy? It, it was a it was a great story, and your brother was on it. Um, so the Avalanche have two really good players. Hockey process right now. You've seen that. Yes. The only player is Shane Bowers. Yes. Uh, I know you've seen Bowers a lot lately. Yep. Let's start off with your opinion on what you've seen from Shane Bowers, specifically in the uh, World Juniors, which just wrapped up. Uh, Canada did not fare very well. But uh, tell us your opinion about Shane Bowers right now. He's part of the uh, Matthew Shane trade, Boston University sophomore, I believe. Right. Uh, what, what, what do you think? Do you have a player here or no? Well, let me start by saying this, that I've always been high on Bowers. I thought he was a really good addition to that trade uh, with the Senators. I thought it was a you know a win to get him as part of it uh, for the Avalanche. I like Bowers. Now, if I had only seen him in the World Juniors this year, that probably wouldn't be my opinion. It was definitely a disappointing turn- tournament for him. For one, I think he was a part of the team. Um, sort of he was brought in to be a fourth-line guy, to kind of be a bottom-six role. 
you know, it's really hard for Canadian kids who play outside of major juniors to, you know, be fixtures on their on their their world junior team. Almost in the same way that it's hard for major junior players to be huge parts of the U.S. team. You know, the U.S. team tends to favor college guys. I think there was only three players from major junior on this year's uh, college or uh, excuse me, three major junior players on this year's U.S. world junior team. And Canada is similar, um, difficult to, to crack through. And if you do, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you find yourself on the outside looking in. And maybe that was the case for Bowers. He's brought in for a bottom six row. I think they thought he'd be um, a big part of the penalty kill. And so it's not that, like, you know, it's not like he did anything wrong. I'm sure, you know, he's not one of the guys getting death threats up there, um, which is just a bad look for, for Canada. It's the way they've treated some of those kids coming out of this tournament. Uh, but he only had two assists, um, didn't play a ton. Um, but, I, you know, I guess to some degree he kind of did what was asked of him. He had an unbelievable freshman season at at BU, I mean, to get 32 points in 40 games at BU, you know, is is really good. Coming off a really strong uh, season for Waterloo in the USHL, where I think he had like about 50 points in 60 games, something like that. Um, he's not off to as good of a start this year. I think he has eight points in 15 games. But BU hasn't been BU this year either, and they lost a lot of talent. So I think he's kind of moved up. Different coach. Yeah, different coach. Uh, you know, uh, Greenway is gone. Uh, you know, a lot of talent has been lost there. And so a guy who, you know, he was a guy on last year's team who was kind of a, playing above his role where he was and getting matched up in a lot of favorable matchups and uh, benefiting from playing with really good NHL-type players. Uh, and now he's kind of bearing the burden a little bit more of being more of a top guy. But I still think that the Avalanche have a player who is going to get a chance to play at the NHL level you know, he was a first round, a late first round pick, and I think he can still live up to that pick. He's got that potential. Um, I like his two way game a lot. He can play two hundred feet really well. Uh, he's not extremely, extremely skilled. He's not, you know, he's not going to be on McKinnon's line, uh, probably. Uh, no. He's not that kind of player. But you know, when you're when you're rounding out a roster, you know, you can't. You, there's a chance you're not going to do much better than a Shane Bowers as your third center, yeah. or something like that. You know, he's a guy who can score. He can yeah. play two hundred feet. Um, and I, 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 yeah. I think he'll be a guy. He's likable too. He's a likable kid. Well, six two, pretty good. I mean, good I, size, six two. Yeah, I mean, I still have never seen him play in person. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I've always said this that I need to see people in person before I can really form any kind of coherent uh, opinions on anybody. Uh, and. Uh, but if they can get him to be, you know, if he's a third liner who can chip in with 10 or 15 goals and play a decent 200-foot game, I mean, I, I, know, I, mean, I want you to definitely take that. But no, I think uh, it can be any, anything close to a decent conference kind of guy, maybe. Uh, I don't know if he's got time for speed, but, uh, you know, that'd be fine with us. Um, the other guy that you've seen play and who – a lot of people have seen play and say very good things about it. It's Kale McCarr, the number four overall pick from last year, who came back for his sophomore season with the UMass Minutemen, who is having, by all accounts, a great year for UMass. Oh. Put him in the top ten in the rankings. Who's Top two. I don't know if you saw the clip. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the clip the other night of his 
the shift he had, but he made like eight great plays in one shift. Um, stealing Cox going rink to rink, you know, end to end. Uh, passing, it's just hitting guys. Uh, you've seen a play. I haven't. A lot of people have it here. Your thoughts on Campbell Carr yeah. as a noted college hockey expert. Now, this is a different conversation. Shane Bowers is a nice player <laughs> with good upside. Kel McCarr is a potential superstar. He's a potential Norris Trophy winner. Wow. He's you didn't a- even use that? Wow. Norris Trophy? You look at him. Uh, yeah. You watch him play. Like you, you, let's say you just go to the rink, right? And it's UMass versus Mass Lowell. Yeah. And you don't know anything, right? You just go to the rink to see this game. It's only going to take you yeah. one minute to know who the fourth overall pick was out there. Because he's going to start, and by the end of that first shift, you're going to know that was the guy that was fourth overall. He's got a presence on the ice. He, he's super fun to watch skate. And he he controls the rink. He sees it incredibly well. His offensive skills are great. Is he going to be? What's is he going to be a little too small? Maybe he is though, small. He's small. Level? He's small, but yeah, it's not 1980 anymore, right? I mean, you can get away with it now yeah. in the sense that he's a it's a speed game and he's a speed player, right? So I don't know that. Look at you already have Zadarov, right? So let him be the big tough defenseman, and uh, Makar, yeah. right? And then Makar can be. The five eleven, you know, hundred and ninety pound guy who skates like Bobby Orr and you know controls your yeah. power play and he's just he's a leader, yeah. you know, he's a sophomore, basically captain on the UMass team. You know, UMass went from one of the worst teams in college hockey before he got there to spending time this year at number one in the country. You know, they're undefeated at yeah. home. Uh, he's doing really well in terms of points. Uh, I was watching them. They had a weekend series against uh, Quinnipiac, and it was a home-and-home. Yep. Home. Quinnipiac. Yeah, Quinnipiac. It was a home-and-home, and, home. and um, they had lost the first game in Quinnipiac, and it was down one nothing, going into the third and the second game at home, and he just took the game over. And uh, they ended up winning like 3 or 4 to 1. Uh, he's got 20 points, 6 goals, 14 assists in 18 games at UMass this year. Um, so he's well above his pace last year, even as a freshman, where he had 21 points, and I don't know, they played 30-ish games last year. Uh, this is a team that can make a run in the NCAA tournament based on one thing. How how far can can you know Makar take them? That's it. I mean, he's he's that important to yeah. them, you know, and he's that good. He can change a game. I was talking to someone the other day. We were looking at the uh, the draft where he was fourth overall. If you look at that draft, the first five picks were. Um, the kid from the Devils, the Swiss kid. Um, what's his name? Help Hishier. me out. Yep. Okay. So he's the first pick. Nico Hishier. Yep. Nolan Patrick is the second pick. Uh, yep. Makar is fourth, right? Yes. Yep. Makar is fourth. Fifth is Peterson, and third was Dallas, the yep. defenseman that just made the All Star game. Uh, Heikinen is that it? The... Yeah, Miro, Miro Heiskinen. Yes. Miro so that's Heiskinen. the fi- first five picks, and I said to someone, "Look, wait a minute. You missed. You missed who went third, though. I'm, I'm even blacking out. Who went third? No, Heikinen went third from Dallas. Oh, Heiskinen. Yeah, Heiskinen went third. Right. right. Makar was fourth. Makar fourth, and then Peterson fifth. Peterson fifth. So, right. So I said to someone, a hockey wow. guy, I said, "Let's say we do a redraft from that draft, but only." Yeah. But only the, the top five picks are eligible, right? 
So yep. let's forget everything that happens after Peterson is picked. Let's just go yep. back to these teams and say, let's draft this. Who's the first pick? And Makar was this person's choice, even with the success wow. that Peterson had. And I said, "Wow, you know, this wasn't just a, a buddy. No, not a, a buddy. No, this is someone. Store, I, right? No, a, an off-the-record conversation okay. after an interview I recorded for the podcast. A prominent hockey writer. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Now I wish um, I would have asked him on the air because if I did, I would have been comfortable saying it. But if you look back at who I've had on in the last month, probably could figure out who it was. I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was a recent I mean, recent conversation. I mean, but. I mean, that's- that's what's probably everybody so excited here in Colorado. And yet, you know, everybody's kind of down about the team right now. They're not playing all that great. Well, I know the feeling. But I mean, I know the feeling. You, you just got to wait, like, till next year, this spring or next year or both. You've got McCarr coming in. You've got potential Jack Hughes coming in. Right, because all the picks they got, have, right? Maybe, you know, you've got Bowers. You've got. They own Ottawa's third round pick too next year. People forget this, but that could be like a sixty third pick. Uh, you know, Ottawa, and Ottawa probably will lose Matt Duchesne for nothing, or a trade deadline trade, uh, which they probably won't get a whole ton for because, you know, um, so I don't want to beat up on the Ottawa Senators, but God Almighty, <sighs> this trade. I mean, this this is when the really good stuff for the Avs starts to happen. Is, is on the straight. They already have Sam Gerrard, who's honest to God, I would trade, I would have taken straight up for Matt Duchesne from what he's shown so far. Um, and now you add these to it. It's it's interesting. I mean, I do think that, uh, you know, is there anything about McCarlo that, that does, I mean, is it well, just size? It's size, you, right? Could size, yeah, I mean, because yeah. it is, I mean, it's not a small man's game. You know, there was a time after the lockout where they said, okay, little guys carry the puck now, and guys like John Lyles are really in demand. Um, and then it kind of got bigger again, though. It seems like the league, Kings won a couple cups with a big team. You know, Chicago was a fairly big team. Um, I don't know exactly where the league is right now when it comes to size and stuff, but I, I do think that, you know, more about a power game now, a speed game. Uh, it's not about size so much. It does seem like Makar has great power skating skills and enough skill to where he's not going to have to. He's not going to get crushed by, you know, the goons out there. All he's the hard time. to hit square. It's not that kind of. He's hard to hit square because okay. he's you know he's always he's he's always a little bit quicker than the guy, the big guy trying to to hit him square. Here's okay. here's the other thing, and I've That's noticed important. this. I've noticed this with Darlene. In Buffalo this year, and it's something that you'll have to be a little bit. Avalanche fans will have to be a little bit patient with. When you have a young defenseman with as much skill, who's pretty much his whole life been able to do anything he wanted with the puck on every team he's ever played on, he's going to yeah. turn it over sometimes and make some mistakes that are going to cost your team goals. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to kind of accept that because you don't want to take what the creativity out of him to like save a couple goals in December of his rookie year mm-hmm. or whatever. You almost want it to happen, let mm-hmm. him learn from it and move on kind of a thing. Actually, Phil Housley's done a really good job with Darlene in that regard. You know, if he makes a mistake, it's not like that's the last time he touches the ice that night. It's more like, okay, that's a mistake. Let's clean that up, you know, and let's move on. But one thing I'll say, I've seen Darlene have this ability and Makar will have it as well, is that sometimes you'll see him make a mistake that if another defenseman made, it'd be death. 
but they're so skilled. He's so skilled as a skater, and he's so quick that he can recover. He can recover and make a play. Still, there'll be times where you think he's down yeah. and out, and I've seen it in that that UU game where he actually made a bad play along the boards, and I thought KU was going to get like a half zone two on one on it, but he made two or three steps and ended up just knocking the puck away anyway. You know, so these guys can be so these young, smaller, quick guys. That's one thing is when they make a mistake, they're not dead on their feet. You know, they 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 they're so their ability to recover is so off the charts. Um, but you know, there will be mistakes, and and I think the biggest thing will be he'll come in as a guy with all the tools. But there'll be people that wonder if he's got the right toolbox to carry him in. You know. Yeah. So. Well. But I think he's a stud. Um, I think he's a stud. I'd be thrilled, yeah. thrilled to to know that he was you know going to be on my team. Thrilled. I, I <laughs> I'd be. Boundless joy, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I think mean, he's the second least tradable team in the or, least tradable player in the organization. I mean, and McKinnon is the only guy. Too, though, yeah, I mean McKinnon's the man, but right, yeah, number one. Rand, asset. I mean, Rand, Randman too. Randman's got special talent. I think uh, I'd rather have McCarr in the long run, just because I already have McKinnon. But sure, you want to make him three? That's fine. No need, no need to debate that. But. He's right up there with those guys yeah, in terms um, of importance to the organization long term. You you would know better than me, but I'm just trying to pump people. Well, up. I mean, yeah, they they. I mean, there's some fantasists out there that still think, hey, uh, you know, maybe Colorado trade McCarr for uh, deadline hell. It's like no, they're no. not going to trade Kill McCarr. No. All right, give it up. They're yeah. not happening. You can. It's usually Canadian writers who want to, you know, wish wishful thinkings. Uh, no, it's not going to happen. Um, the Avalanche have a long-term plan here. Uh, the um, all right, so I I want to get into more, uh, you know, your thoughts on on maybe a couple other sure the draft coming up maybe and stuff like that because the Avalanche could have a no more pick. Let's right. take our second break here. We're pushing forty minutes. Uh, let's take our second break. Come back with the third and final segment. Of- Steve Bennett, he'll give uh, maybe some opinions on uh, who the, who he would take from the first pick. If the Avalanche is so fortunate to have it, you never know. Maybe, you know, Buffalo Sanders hopefully will not be in that conversation. We're going to put him on that, too. He's a diehard Sanders fan. Uh, so let's do that after the break here. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. And welcome back third and final segment of the PSN Avalanche podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Vader. Steve Bennett, he runs the podcast that's been named one of the best sports podcasts out there. And this is not just me saying that. This is Richard Deitch from The Athletic, formerly of Sports Illustrated. Twice he's named the list now for his sportscasters podcast. He's also been known to do a podcast called Lonely Into the Rink with a certain big, goofy-looking, red-headed guy from Denver. So, uh, <laughs> 
Steve, uh, third segment here. You're, you're such an knowledgeable guy about the draft and college and everything. Um, I want to ask your opinion about who you think is the best player coming out of this draft uh, in 2019, the Avalanche own Ottawa's pick. And everybody I know who knows anything about this team says they are not trading that pick no matter what. Um, they don't care about this year so much. They're not going to trade that pick. Forget about it. They're going to do as best they can this year, hope for the playoffs. But next, next year is when they're really going to start getting serious about everything. So, uh, Steve, if you own that first uh, if let's say the Avalanche are the number one pick. You're the GM of the Avalanche. Who do you take, Steve Bennett? All right, quick story. So, a couple of years ago, I was doing a live draft blog, NFL draft blog. I do it every year for a website called Pro Player Insiders. And watching the Saints have the 10th, 11th pick and watching it unfold. And the Kansas City Chiefs trade up ahead of the Saints, and they pick Pat Mahomes 10th. And I realized that with the 11th pick, the Saints are going to pick a player named Marshawn Lattimore, a quarterback from Ohio State. And my brother was in the room with me, and I started doing some fist pumps. I'm like, I cannot believe we're going to end this day with Marshawn Lattimore. Six months later, he's named Rookie of the Year. And I told my brother, I said, you know what? I was doing fist pumps. I should have been doing backflips. If Colorado wins that lottery, Avalanche fans should not be doing fist pumps. They should be doing backflips. Jack Hughes is that good. He, watching him skate was ridiculous. Now, it's a disappointment in the World Juniors because he got hurt in the first game and didn't play until the elimination rounds. And then when he did come back, I'm not, I don't want to say he lost his spot on the top lines. It was just that there was some chemistry built there. So he ended up playing with Chris Drury's nephew, who plays at Harvard, Jack Drury. It was a second-round pick last year on that line. Uh, but, wow, is he, he is just fun to watch. He can skate for days. And he's creative, great passer. Oh, so much upside, all-world talent. No doubt he's going to be the number one pick. You didn't need to have me on the podcast to tell you that. Everyone's saying it, and I don't have any reason to doubt it. Now, if you get the second pick, I was maybe not equally as impressed, but very impressed uh, with the Finnish player who actually scored uh, the game-winning, game-winning goal, Capo Kako, uh, who projects probably to be the second pick. Uh, and he is a really nice right winger, 6'1". Uh, he's got good size and... Uh, Really good with the puck. Made a really good play down low to dig out and shovel in kind of a garbage goal with 126 left to win the World Junior. Uh, but both of those guys are good. Jack Hughes is is at a different level, though. Um, See, now I haven't seen a play yet live in person, so again, I'm always feeling like I don't know anything. But, you know, Pierre McGuire came out recently and said he's not a generational talent. Um, well, he's not Canadian. He's not Canadian. Mean, okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so, that, so that's it. I, yeah, if he was Canadian, no, he would no. say he's a generational talent. And by the way, what's a generational? <laughs> what is a generational talent? Like, how many have we had this generation? Right? I mean, McDavid is a generational talent. Eichel's a generational talent. Uh, you know, Matthews is a generational talent. What about Matthews? Darlene, yeah, I said him. Darlene's a generational talent. Like, how many can you have? I mean, at what point? We've had a lot of them. Yeah. we've had a lot of them in recent drafts. Yeah, uh, Lane is a generational I mean, talent, right? Um, you didn't even mention. You didn't even mention Austin Matthews? No, I said Matthews. He's the mm. third guy I said. Okay, all right. So I must have missed, missed, missed that. Uh, well, we've had a lot of them in it. I mean, does that necessarily mean that it, that's not a horrible thing? Right? I mean, okay, no. maybe he's not as good as Tom McDavid, who, by the way, just got awarded two assists tonight in our playing. That's unbelievable. That's joke. You know what? He actually leads the 2020 World Cup in assists. He's got six <laughs> assists already in that. It's really impressive. <laughs> we... <laughs> 
<laughs> we we kid about Connor McDavid because uh, Steve, you're such a big Buffalo Sabres fan. Um, you thought you were going to get the number one pick of the year. No, I didn't. That's not true. McDavid. I knew we wouldn't. I oh, knew we wouldn't. Oh, you didn't? I, well, I assume you thought you would. No, you I'm actually. At that. You, you, I, I'm actually from here. I know. I know how things work in Buffalo. I never thought we were going to get a 25 percenter <laughs> for the best player in the in the draft in 50 years. No. No, 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 no. Look, at, I gotta ask. people are wrong about this. People think just because Tim Murray pouted when we lost that lottery that all of Buffalo didn't want Jack Eichel. All of Buffalo knew we were getting Jack Eichel. We created a word called Nick Eichel. We were so sure we were going to lose that draft lottery that we needed. We rooted against oh. our team to finish last to make sure we would get one of those two guys no matter what, and we knew it was going to be Eichel. Um, so, no, I was in no – look, at. of course you want the best guy. Of course. And, of course, Connor McDavid was the best guy in that draft. And we probably can't even debate it until we get to the Sidney Crosby draft. Like, that's probably the first chance we get to debate if he's the, fir- if the first guy um, going backwards. Uh, so, of course, we wanted him. Of course. It would have been nice. But, All no. Right. Did I think we were going to win the lottery? No. Did I think we'd get Eichel? Yes. Right. Am I happy with Eichel? Extremely. I mean, I love Jack, too. And I was fortunate enough to do a big, long article on Jack. I went to North Tennessee and hung out where you grew up, and that was fun. I'm happy to see it. I'm really thrilled the Sabres are, uh, you know, playoff contenders team. Uh, we've had some, yeah, some ups and downs lately, but uh, that's to be expected. It's been great to see. I, I hate to hesitate to ask this because I know what the answer is probably, but, you know, um, but I've been through it as a kid. Uh, but I have to ask you as a Buffalo native who's, who's been through you know, uh, you're not a Bills fan, but I'm sure you, you would have wanted the Bills to win one of those Super Bowls, right? Oh, yeah, I was hoping that when they when Scott Nora lined up to kick, I wanted him to yeah, win. Yeah, if the Saints were in it. Yeah. If the Saints were in it. The Bills are no rival of is mine. It, is it a real thing where Buffalo is, or uh, Buffalo, is that way I say it? Buffalo, Buffalonians. Buffalonians. Yep. Uh, is it a badge of pride now, in a way, to be the lovable losers, in a way, or are you just really—is it a really pissed-off thing? Is that a no? Everyone's tired of it. Yeah, everyone's tired of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, because sometimes that can be like a "Hey, we're a bunch of losers, but we get a lot of attention for it." No. So, hey, you know, everyone's tired thing. of it. We lose a lot. Yeah. No. Yeah. Can you imagine the day? I'm. It's gonna happen, man. You're gonna win a championship or something. You've you've experienced it as, as a Saints fan, so that's great. But. I know you, you're proud of the place you grew up. Yes. How do you think Buffalo will handle an actual championship? Will it just shut – I mean, it will shut down the whole city for days, right? I mean, that, All right. it's got to happen, right? It's- so there was one time in my life where I was thought they were going to win the Stanley Cup. Okay, so yeah, the first year after the lockout, uh, Sabres yep. make the playoffs. Sure year. Yeah, so they win they win the first round. Um, yeah. let, me, let me think. Who would they play in the first round that year? Philadelphia. Best team in the league. Wipe Philadelphia. Well, that was the yep. second year. So let's go back a year to the first year. So they wipe out Philadelphia in the first round. All right. They win the second round. They go to the, uh, Ottawa, who was the big team that year. Um, Jason Pominville's overtime yeah. goal in game five shorthanded. Cutting around Ray Amarino uh-huh. in that series. Uh, they go yeah. to the conference finals. Now, in the Ottawa series, they lost Tim Conley, who was the best player in the world at that moment when he gets injured. And they lose him. Yeah. They lost Dimitri Clean into a broken ankle in that. Okay, so then they go on to the conference championship against Carolina, and every time they win a game in that series, they uh, lose a defenseman. 
They lose to Leander. They lose uh, in games uh, before Game Seven. They find out that Jamie Key has a staff infection. But anyway, before we knew about Jamie uh. Key's staff infection and that he wouldn't play in Game Seven, we win a do- an overtime game. Danny Briere scores to tie that series at, at three, three to three. We're going to Game Seven, and I'm walking out of the arena. I was in the 300 level that night, so I got the. If you ever been to our arena, we have a beautiful atrium in front, really big, beautiful atrium. Yep. And you come in and out of it through there, and it's two big long escalators up to get to the 300s. Yep. And you, Dater, if you could have been with me to ride that escalator that night, it was a glimpse into what it could be like someday if we ever won. Because uh, everyone leaving that yeah. arena thought that they were going to be back there for a Stanley Cup game in a few weeks and thought we were going to beat the Oilers. You know, knew that we had an eight seed waiting for us in the in the West. There was no doubt in my mind they were yep. the best team, that they would win the Cup. Unfortunately, attrition, uh, attrition got them. They were leading that game 7-2-1 uh, going into the third period. And Brian, McCamb- Brian Campbell got the first infamous flipping it over the glass yeah. penalty. Uh, that was the first year of that yeah. rule. First time that penalty really cost the team. But, oh, I thought we were going to win it. And the the noise in the atrium, the let's go Buffalo chance, when you got into the parking lot, into the outside, just the, yeah. the noise, the cars beeping their horns and let's go Buffalo beat patterns. Oh man, this city will melt. It will melt. It'll be fun though. I'll be there. Uh, I, I, uh, I really believe that, you know, it'll happen and it'll be, the weight will make it that much better. I mean, it's unbelievable that they, you know, I, I think they're in Buffalo for the, for the, for the, uh, the hall skate in the crease. Completely awful call, obviously. Um, I still think, you know, Dallas is going to win the series. The, the fact is that game should have kept going on. I'll never forget being in the, uh, the press box. It was a horrible game, though. I must yeah, say. it was a, I mean, it was it was a slog. Bad. Never would end. Yeah. It was the dead puck era. Mm-hmm. It was just awful hockey to watch. Totally. But I do remember being in the elevator and seeing certain high-ranking NHL officials and the wood. You didn't need to really say say it out loud but the, all our I was sort of meeting I was like we gotta get the hell out of here you know um, the calls been made we know it's screwed up but we, 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 it's done we're out of here yep they didn't um, follow the rule I think they followed because it, it was such an awful game and it was so late at night that everybody just was so tired of it yep but it, it got screwed yep Brett Hall's cre- skate was in the creek they called period. that they called that goal off all year that season all year long, all year. and then yep. all of a sudden, and it was obviously a stupid rule in the first place. Yeah, but it was the rule, and they called it, it all year. The they called it all year, and his skate was in the crease. Now yes. there, is, there is a half a millisecond where you're like, "All right, is it actually in the crease, no. or is it undebatable above? Is the skate? You know, yeah, no." But I, a hundred percent of the reviews, a hundred percent of the reviews that year waved that goal off that year. Yep, yep. I mean that game. You know, Buffalo probably wins in overtime somehow. Hoshik was – I mean, Dallas was a good team. But Hoshik probably wins. Maybe and if they do – For game seven. Who knows what happens. Right. You got seven. the best goalie in the world right. for a one-gamer. Right? You got the best yep. goalie. And that yep. was an older Dallas team, you know, who would have to play that game after playing a 3-4 overtime game. Look, at they'd have a fighting shot. They'd already won game one in Dallas. So it's not like they hadn't won a game there. Uh, of course, uh, Dallas would have been the favorite that night. Um, but, yeah, that one hurts. Of course, that one hurts. And, and – you know, you say best goalie in the world, although at that time, nothing, at that Eddie moment, Eddie Belfour was really, really good that playoffs. Eddie Belfour stole 
the series before that against the Avalanche. I mean, we all thought the Avalanche were going to be playing Buffalo in the finals. I remember looking up plane reservations to Buffalo for uh, for the start of the Stanley Cup Finals. We thought it'd be Colorado and Buffalo. Yeah, nothing and, against uh, Ed Belfour, but Dominic Ashik. I mean, and it, and it, don't forget, you know, it just stole a gold medal the year before. Yeah, and then Adam Bedmarsh hit the post with uh, at end of regulation. The Avalanche lose in Game Seven to to a to a kind of a dirty. Stars team, unlikable. Yeah, they won the cup. So unlikable. Yeah, you know, happened for them, but, but yeah, they, they were an unlikable team. Um, they were a dirty team. Richard Matichuk was a was a hatchet man who uh, didn't have an ounce of skill. Just went out and hacked people all day long. But that was the year, so he got away with it. Same with Darian Hatcher. Uh, just getting my blood boiling thinking about those old games here. So let's move on. Uh, Steve, your quick thoughts on? I mean, we've we've kind of been all over the map, but I mean, you're you're a big hockey guy. What what are your thoughts on the Sabers' chances to actually make the playoffs? Number one, I think they're uh, we'll about. Finish up with your thoughts on the Avalanche. I think they're about sixty forty to make the playoffs. Uh, look at they had a stretch where they played above who they are that has kind of inflated the expectation, um, but that's okay. Uh, the team is only going to get as far as Jack Eichel can take them. He's missed the last few games. Seems like all signs point to him returning Friday, uh, which is good because they're not going to survive. If he has a stretch like he's had the last two years where he's not there, they, they can't survive that. They don't have the depth yet. Uh, they have young players trying to find their way in the league like Casey Middlestat and Tage Thompson, and they're being patient with those guys, and I think that's the right play. Uh, but because they had that 10-game winning streak and got to the top of the standings in the league, they've lost a little bit of the patience because people now want to be that team. They don't want to be what we were willing to accept going into the season of, you know, before we knew Jeff Skinner was going to have the second most goals in the league. You know, before we knew this team could win 10 in a row, you know, whatever, that Hutton could maybe be a number one, you know, uh, uh, whatever. Yeah. They've they've been, they've inflated the expectations, and because of that, they've lost a little bit of the patience. They might make the playoffs. They might not. They're probably maybe I should just say fifty fifty. They're a coin flip to make it. You know, it looks like it's going to be three teams for two spots: them, Montreal, and the Islanders. If we had to call it right now, that's what we'd say. It's two of those will make it, and one won't. And they could be that team. I think the Sabres will make it, or they could not. Yeah, I okay. think they'll make it. If I think you, they'll make it. If you gave me a thousand dollars that I, all I could do with it was bet on whether they will or won't make it, I would bet on will. Well, put it on uh, one of my affiliate sites for gambling.com since I run for them now. So plug. Yeah, sure. Uh, Steve, the uh, a yes or no lightning round question, would you do it all over again if you could uh, have a Ryan O'Reilly deal as it was was constructed then? If you could go yes. back and undo it, would you do it? No, I'd do it. You would undo it? Yeah. You would do it? Yeah. You'd do it? They had to do it. They just drafted you, you Jack. Never, they just drafted a, Jack Eichel. Still not a, you never were a Zadarov guy. Yeah, and they um, already had right. Ristolainen. So what, what? they had two identical prospects. They had just just drafted Eichel, or were just about to draft Eichel. I can't remember what happened first. They had to do it. You know, they had to do it. They had it. They had just literally just played a season where the team was the fans of the team were rooting for them to lose. So I think they had to do it. Did do it work? Didn't work out ultimately. You, Tim Murray didn't. You, all right. Didn't build the team, but no, I'd do it again. Do you think Ryan O'Reilly was a, a 
a, a very good player from Buffalo, or was he a disappointment in the in the final analysis because he couldn't make them quote unquote a winner? I think he was a disappointment because he didn't care about winning enough. He was perfectly he, if if he was doing you know if he was getting his twenty five goals and winning his face offs, that was good enough for him. I mean, he he, he said in his exit interview last year that he was fine. You know, he had basically accepted losing, so he was fine with it. Yeah, but that was taken a little out of context. No, it wasn't. You know, no. I mean, I, well, you know, I think he wants one. I do you think though that his beating himself up self-flagellation routine is a bit of a uh, a ruse to get people to yes. give sympathy when he's just trying to okay. absolutely yes. There, there, there are other people who think that. I'm, I'm a Ryan O'Reilly supporter. I think he's, I think he's genuine, and I, I think he's could tell a nice guy and player. But yeah, I, I know that that sentiment exists. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. I think we're going to wrap up the podcast. I know you want to do something fun, though. We want to do a thing where uh, Steve, you're going to open up and pack them of uh, oh, yeah. 1990, 1991 hockey cards. Yes, and I- we're going to talk. We're going to end this podcast, folks, by Steve Bennett opening up a pack of a never opened pack, never opened of 1990, 1991 hockey cards, and we're going to go through the players, and uh, and if you get, you know, uh, let's see, if I get the, uh, the prime rookie from it. If I get the Honus Wagner card in here, we'll split the profits. <laughs> All right. So this, <laughs> this is Upper Deck 9091, right. the premier edition of Upper okay. Deck hockey cards. There's 12 in here. This is exciting. Right? Yeah. Who, who's it going to be? I don't know. There's 12 in here, including Superstar 3D holograms. So hopefully we'll get a 3D hologram. Why did you have this card that wasn't – did you just buy this pack? Like, I got, it as, I got it as a Christmas gift for my brother. It's kind of like a gag Christmas gift. Okay. They bought me okay. a box of unopened – Upper deck hockey cards. Yeah, All right. Still fun. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, let's open it up. All right. First of all, good news. We do have a hologram. We have oh. got the Wayne Gretzky okay. hologram. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so that's... You got a Wayne Gretzky hologram? Yep. It's Wayne Gretzky. That makes a pack worth it right there. Star rookie Craig <laughs> Fisher. Oh, wow. I, I Craig Fisher. Craig Fisher. Philadelphia Flyers. Ooh, veteran. I, I barely remember him. Veteran NFL or NHL defenseman Larry Robinson in a Kings jersey. Wow. Yeah. That's we're, a great card. Yeah, that's really nice. It must have been his last year, I bet. Uh, Chell wow. Samuelson. Chell Samuelson, of yeah. course. Uh, the Flyers. Was that the uh, – he, he went on to play for uh, – yeah, he played for the Flyers. I yeah. believe finished up with the Red Wings. Brad Shaw, very generic-looking Brad Shaw, played for the Whalers. And Brad Shaw. So he's got four goals in no, 78, four goals in 78 NHL games over six seasons on the back of the, back of the card. Wow, this is an Adams oh. Division heavy pack here. Paul Gillis of the Quebec Nordique. Paul Gillis. Yes. No kidding. Paul Gillis. Yeah. Uh, now, wait a minute. Paul Gillis. Yes. Is that the former Bruin, Paul Gillis, or have I got his name wrong? I don't know. 85 to 90, he was check all it. Nordiques. I'll check his hockey DB before we sign off. Oh, okay, okay. It's the back here. He's, all the years it covers, he's a Nordique. Also, every year a minus player. Ah, huh. <laughs> oh, these stats. Kirk McLean. Why am, I pic- why am I picturing the guy who I think became a – I don't think this is him, but he became a later GM of the Canucks. Uh 
was it? What was his name? I totally blanked. Paul out. Gillis, born December thirty first in Toronto. He played most of his career with the Nordiques before a couple years with the Blackhawks and then two years with the Whalers. Okay, I got it wrong. Then. He was the thirty. I'm thinking of a former Canucks GM. Thirty fourth overall pick in nineteen eighty two. Kirk McLean. Uh, all right, who's next? Kirk McLean. Kirk McLean. The star of the nice. 94 playoffs. Yeah. yeah. And uh, former Avalanche goalie coach. The Lady Bing trophy winner card featuring Brett Hall as that year's winner. Brett Hall's 72-goal wow. season. A trophy nobody wants. Brett Hall's 72-goal season with St. Louis was combined with just 24 penalty minutes as the Blues sniper set an all-time NHL goal-scoring mark for right-wingers. We'll always, I mean, I'll always take that goal Brett Hall got credit for, but damn, he was a good player. Good wasn't he? player. Oh, Woo. my God. What a, what a shooter. What a shot. What a shooter. Gary Nyland of oh. the New York Islanders. Gary, Gary Nyland, yeah. yeah. Blackhawks. Played some time with the Blackhawks and the Islanders. Yeah. Yeah. First Sabre in the, in the pack. Sorry. Scott Arneal. Wow. Yeah. Scott Arneal. Decent player, you know, score 15. He became, uh, didn't he become an executive in uh, Columbus? I think that's right. Good player, yeah, too. Yeah, I think I'm right. Scott Arneal. All right, we got yeah. the uh, the Calgary Flames checklist card. Wow. Yeah, so we can keep track of which like which Flames we get. Theo Fleury, yeah. Doug Gilmore. Theo Fleury on that list, probably yeah. Al McInnes. McInnes. Theo Fleury, yeah. uh, maybe Mike Vernon. Uh, yep, Gary Suter, um, Gary Roberts, Joel Otto, Joe Newendike, yeah, uh, right? Sergei yeah, Makarov, yep. Yeah. Don, yeah, wow. Burpe, Don Burpe, a goalie, B E A U P R E. Don Bopre, Bopre, Don Bopre. There you go. Yeah, I remember him. I don't remember Don. Yeah, I remember him. And then, last but not least, he play for. The, I think he played for the Sabers. Did he? I don't remember Don. I think he may might have played for the Sabres. You're not thinking of Sove, are you? Or Poopa? No, I'm thinking of Don Bopre. I thought he played for the Sabres. All right, well, let's see if you're right. Is that right? Or... I'm looking him up now. He was born in 1961 and uh, never made it to the Sabres. He played for the North Stars, oh. the Capitals, uh, the Senators, the Maple oh. Leafs. Played for the Baltimore Skipjacks, the Salt oh, yes. Lake Golden Eagles. Played yeah. his junior hockey for the Sudbury Wolves. Yeah. Jeez. Interesting. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of changes of address. Oh, yes. This guy's got many teams. Those guys many teams, this guy. Is that the end of the pack? One more. Jeff Norton, defenseman, New York Islanders. Yeah. Not to be confused with comedian Jim Norton. Mm-hmm. This is Jeff Norton. Yeah, or former boxer Ken Norton. He was a second-team all-star. Former Second team all star at the University of Michigan in 1987. Yeah. Not to be confused with the uh, Ralph Cramden's uh, apartment dwelling mate, Norton, <laughs> from the Honeymooner. That was fun, right? Uh, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. To do that again Gosh. next time you have me on. Amazing. All right. I uh, I got to play second. I packed up both unopened cards. It's called Build Sports Collectibles. Little plug. Unbelievable. Sports memorabilia store in Denver. Long time maybe legendary that, place. Maybe that could be a new gimmick for the lonely end of the rink too. We can we can end the lonely end of the rink pods opening. It could be it. Random it packs be it. of cards. We'll finally, maybe we'll finally hit our podcast riches after all. That could be it. <laughs> who, who do we open up? 
right. All right, real quick, let me get my right, plugs Steve, out. Can I get my plugs out real quick one more time? What now? I just want to get my plugs one more time. Yeah, give give your plugs, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll finish up after that. But yeah, give your plugs and all you what you got going on right now. All right, so the Sportscasters podcast, uh, you can find uh, information about it on Twitter at sports underscore casters. You can find the newest episode and all episodes since 2011 on the SoundCloud page, which is soundcloud.com slash sports dash casters. If you need more information, you can email me, the sportscasters at gmail.com. And, uh, of course, it's on all the podcatcher apps, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify. And if there's somewhere where you listen to podcasts but you can't find it, you know, email me and I'll hook it up. I've done that before. Someone used something called Downcast. that We weren't on there, but I fixed it. Uh, it's usually not hard to get added to those. So, uh, But at sports underscore casters is the best spot. Uh, coming up, so we had the first episode of the season, which was the executive editor of Sports Illustrated, John Wertheim, talks about the sale of SI and working for 60 Minutes. And also, Eddie Trunk uh, from That Metal Show, and uh, now he works for SiriusXM Volume. Uh, we talk rock and roll on there and a little bit New York Giants football. And uh, I'm going to have... Jimmy Traina from SI on. I'm going to have Richard Deutsch from The Athletic on. I'm going to have Mike Harrington from The Buffalo News on. Uh, I'm working on Tony Kornheiser really, really hard. So if you want to email uh, Michael, his son, and tell him that he should do it, do that for me. I've been talking to Michael, trying to work on Tony Kornheiser. Uh, And I'm working on a book right now called Beyond Broadway Joe about uh, the other players on the uh, Super Bowl three winning New York Jets by a guy named Bob Letterer, so I'll give him a plug for his book, Beyond Broadway Joe. But that's that's it, at sports oh, underscore cast. I want to read that book. All right, I'll send it to you when I'm done. Cool. I uh, I want to read that Jets book when you're done with it. Yeah, I'll uh, send it to you. It's about the other guys, little, you know? Little, Everyone just well, thinks about Joe and a finger. Uh, little known fact, uh, but I did a book a few years ago on the Broncos with uh, – and Jim Turner, the kicker, wrote the forward for it. And I did some promo appearances with Jim for the book and got to know Jim pretty well. And uh, people forget Jim Turner kicked three field goals in that Jets Super Bowl victory in Miami against the Colts. He was the highest-scoring player in that game. Uh, but nobody ever remembers it because it was all Broadway Joe and the guarantee. And rightfully so, Broadway Joe was a superstar legend of all time but uh yeah i want to read more about what jim turner was like in that book i hope there's a good section on him yeah for sure i'll get it to you for sure no problem bob letter is the author <laughs> okay all right well steve i want to thank you for coming on uh this is a great uh great visit from you uh, i know we both got some hockey to watch here i got the Avs game uh that i'm finishing up on and uh uh, well, we're taping this on a Tuesday. It's going to come out Thursday, so I guess we're giving away our secrets here. But, yeah, we both got hockey to watch. Thanks for your insight, man. And uh, don't be a stranger uh, to this podcast again. I hope to have you on again. And uh, I definitely hope to be squeezed into the Sportscasters podcast again. I mean, uh, I'm not, I can't compete with the, uh, you know, the John Wertheims of the world and the Tony Kornheisers, but hopefully you can still carve out a few minutes for a little old me. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, uh, we, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Just want to remind our listeners too, you can find our podcast on Spotify now. Yes. And I have one's podcast about Spotify. We're excited about that. You can uh, find us on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher as well. All the other podcast outlets, give us a rating and a review. If you would, we'd appreciate it. 
Uh, that'll do it from Adrian Dare. On behalf of Steve Bennett, this is the Ben the BSNM Lunch Podcast. Thank you for listening.